0: And welcome to NICE Talks. I'm your host, Matthew Brown. Today we're going to be talking about NICE's updated guideline on rehabilitation for people who've had a stroke, which was published earlier this month. It is estimated that there are around 85,000 strokes every year in England, with more than 1 million people currently living with its long-term effects. Rehabilitation is a key part of stroke recovery, though it doesn't reverse the effects of a stroke. It builds a person's strength, capability and confidence to help them return to independent living. To talk about the guideline and what it means for people who've had a stroke and the healthcare professionals who look after them, I'm joined by John Brown, who was chair of the independent committee that developed the guideline, and by Professor Stephen Hill, who was the lay member on that committee. Thank you both for joining. My first question is to you, John. Can you tell us a bit about stroke?
1: the different types, and what are the key symptoms? A stroke happens when the blood supply to part of the brain is cut off, killing brain cells. Damage to the brain can affect how the body works. It can also change how you think and feel. The effects of a stroke depend on where it takes place in the brain and how big the damaged area is. There are two types of stroke, an ischemic stroke is caused by a blockage cutting off the blood supply to the brain. This is the most common type of stroke. A hemorrhagic stroke is caused by bleeding in or around the brain. A third type of stroke is called a transient ischemic attack or TIA. is also known as a mini stroke. It's the same as a stroke except that the symptoms only last for a short amount of time. This is because the blockage that stops the blood getting to your brain is temporary. All strokes are different. For some people, the effects may be relatively minor and may not last long. Others may be left with more serious problems that make them dependent on other people. Unfortunately, some strokes can be very serious and some lead to coma or sudden death.
0: So what are the main symptoms people should look out for?
1: There are a number of symptoms of a stroke, but the main ones are facial weakness. Can the person smile? Has their mouth or eye drooped? Arm weakness. Can the person raise both arms? And speech problems. Can the person speak clearly and understand what you say? The quicker someone having a stroke receives treatment, the better their chances for a good recovery. And This guideline is about what can be done to help that recovery once they've had treatment during the acute phase of stroke. Thank you. Why do we need a guideline for stroke rehab? Surely now the need to provide
0: people with help like physiotherapy to recover after a stroke is widely recognised and services are already available to everyone who needs them.
1: Sadly that's not the case. We know that not everyone can access the amount of stroke rehabilitation they need. Stroke can have a devastating impact on the lives of people, their families and carers. Morbidity from stroke is the single largest cause of complex impairments and limitations on activity. Mood disturbance, cognitive difficulties, visual problems and fatigue are particular issues that exacerbate other problems and impede overall recovery. Although stroke is one of the biggest causes of death in the UK, most people survive a first stroke. There are around 100,000 hospital admissions for stroke every year in England, but thanks to improvements in stroke care and new acute treatments, the overall survival rate from first stroke has improved over the last 10 years. This has led to increases in the number of people in the community who need comprehensive post-stroke care and rehabilitation.
0: And John, can you tell us what the main aims of stroke rehabilitation are?
1: It very much depends on the individual, both in terms of the amount of residual disability they're left with after a stroke and what they want to achieve. So the main aims are to deliver goal-directed rehabilitation with the aim of helping people to relearn any skills that they may have lost, improve their quality of life, and enable them to live as independently as possible.
0: A NICE priority is to make its guidelines more useful and usable. Can you explain why the Stroke Rehabilitation Guideline has been updated?
1: A review carried out by NICE identified new evidence that was likely to impact on the recommendations made in the original guideline published in 2013. The update covers a range of areas, including early supported discharge, assessment, planning, and delivery of stroke rehabilitation and specific aspects of care. Stephen, turning to you now, you are one of the lay members on the committee
0: that developed this updated guideline. As someone who's had a stroke and has benefited from stroke rehabilitation, can you explain what particular perspectives you were able to bring to the process?
2: I was one of three lay members. And between us, we had both types of stroke and a carer. So our range of perspectives was actually right across the board. And what we brought to it was very much based on our lived experience of having a stroke and the impact that has on stroke affected families. The most important thing I think about having lay members is that they ground the discussion in reality and having people like us who are rather allergic to jargon ensured that the language is kept accessible that for the lay reader when the guidelines are out there's a degree of credibility because of the base in that reality we were very much part of a co-production process but able to help with framing questions and provide a reality check based on the fact that we know what works for us and we also know what doesn't work for us.
0: Turning back to you now John, the updated guideline makes a number of new recommendations and the one which has got the most attention is around the provision of rehabilitation therapies especially physiotherapy. Why has the committee recommended such a large increase in sessions?
1: Actually, NICE's guideline is not the first to recommend this intensity duration. For example, the National Clinical Guideline for Stroke published earlier this year. The evidence reviewed by the independent committee developing the guideline showed more intensive physiotherapy, improved quality of life and activities of daily living. They also heard from people recovering from stroke and their families and carers who felt strongly that more intensive physiotherapy would be useful. In helping them to recover faster.
0: So there are a number of other stroke guidelines. You just mentioned the one developed by the Royal College of Physicians. What added value does the NICE guideline offer?
1: We agree many of the areas covered are available in other guidelines but this is inevitable given that it presents a pathway of stroke care in practice in the UK and will therefore be similar to other existing UK stroke guidelines. This updated guideline will contribute to the provision of a more complete stroke pathway, providing a comprehensive, current, evidence-led synthesis of best practice in stroke rehabilitation. The
0: guideline recommends that people are offered needs-based rehabilitation after a stroke. This should be for at least three hours a day, on at least five days of the week. How realistic do you think this is, given the challenges that currently face the system?
1: Well as you rightly suggest the main implementation challenge to the system is the increase in therapy hours which will take time across all the therapies to implement. We also know current practice is inconsistent even when it comes to implementing our previous recommendations. So we shouldn't underestimate the magnitude of the challenge but equally it shouldn't be underestimated how important it is for people who have been left with disabilities following a stroke to be given the opportunity to benefit from the intensity and duration of rehabilitation therapies outlined in this guideline. In short, we need to find ways to enable people who have had a stroke to access the level of rehabilitation that supports their recovery and meets their long-term goals and aspirations.
0: And Stephen, if I could ask you the next question.
2: The guideline does not recommend a
0: set period of time for how long rehabilitation should last for. Can you explain why that is?
2: As we've said, all strokes are different. Therapy aims to help the person meet their personal goals, often within agreed timeframes. So right at the beginning of the process, it's important to ensure that people after stroke have goals for their rehabilitation that are meaningful and relevant to them, that focus on activity and participation, that are challenging but achievable, and that include both short- and long-term elements. And then, if a particular goal proves hard to reach, a person may agree with their therapist to adjust it, or to focus on another goal. And sometimes, if a therapy is not helping someone towards their goal, that person and their therapist might agree to stop altogether. And then, when the therapy ends, the therapist should discuss the reasons with the person. And staying with you, Stephen,
0: How important do you believe the recommendations for rehabilitation are?
2: I would say they're absolutely vital. We need to ensure that as many people as possible regain independence as much as possible. And that independence includes things like returning to work and activities like driving or domestic things like cooking and above all, just being part of modern society, being a citizen. All those things if they're not achieved, depress morale. And if we can get them working, they really help. crudely means there would be less claim on medical and social care resources. Also, I would say quite simply that it's important that these guidelines are refreshed regularly as science develops to ensure the best possible recovery for all patients.
0: And finally, the same question to each of you, starting with you, John. How do you think this guideline will help improve the care for people who've had a stroke?
1: I think it will do in a number of significant ways. Importantly, this guideline complements other available evidence, reviews existing evidence and brings that up to date as well. So I think given the prevalence of stroke right across the UK and the critical importance of early intervention and preventative work to ensure rehabilitation and recovery post-stroke, this guideline is going to have a significant impact and will be of significant benefit to clinicians working in all areas of stroke treatment and rehabilitation.
2: Well, without copying what John said, I think it's an important point of reference for everyone. We can feel confident that it's up to date and well researched and it provides a clear and lucid account of appropriate ways forward for everyone in a language which is also accessible to patients as well as as professionals. And because of that, it will enable much more helpful, meaningful dialogue between patients and their carers and their supporters and the professionals with whom they have to operate. So I think it's about clarity and communication and an understanding of what reasonable expectations are because so many people, after a stroke, don't know what kind of stroke they have and were too affected at the time in the acute period so that when they get to the rehab stage, it's difficult for them to know what to expect. So having guidelines which are accessible is absolutely important for patients and their carers. I really hope it will make a big difference.
0: Thank you to my guests, John Brown and Professor Stephen Hill for joining me on this episode of Nice Talks. If you've enjoyed this episode, please recommend it to a friend or colleague and click subscribe to keep up to date with our monthly podcast. You can find us on social media too. Follow the handle at Nice Thank you for joining us. Until next time.